0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Never Going Pro podcast. In this episode, we sat down virtually, of course, with Pete Butler and Stuart Lamp to discuss some exciting events and partnerships between Zwift and USA Cycling. We did have some technical issues at the beginning of the recording, so we'll jump right into the conversation with Pete, telling us how the partnership between Zwift and USA Cycling came about. And without further ado, please enjoy the episode. Tell us a little bit about um,
1: how the partnership between Dirt, Indoor Specialist and USA Cycling started up. How did the conversation begin?
2: Sure. It's, you know, we're in the midst of a, an interesting time, which created circumstances where we needed to, to find new ways to fill the, the holes and gaps in our life that were created by a mass quarantine. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to provide an avenue for fitness and to include the USA cycling membership. When we look at um folks like, you know, Chris, Shane, you and myself, we've been on Swift a long time. A lot mostly of members-
0: me though. Mostly me though, right? Mostly That's right. Like me. Mostly
2: you, because <laughs> you're the fast one of the, the OG. The- yeah. Right, and you. you
3: have and you have the fewest friends. So you need true. Swift. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so right, carry on.
2: As we looked at, you know, what can we do to, to bring folks along and, you know, the dialogue started in the fall. Uh, USA Cycling was making inroads with Zwift. We were uh, sufficiently amped about the ways that Zwift could be utilized by the membership. And we were getting close to a formal launch. But when we found ourselves seeing events canceled, it was time to to activate. And we called Stuart and other leadership at USA Cycling and said, let's go. And in less than a week's time, we launched the first series of the USA Cycling events.
1: Nice. Um, so Stuart, tell me, tell me a, a little bit about what your thoughts on this were when, um, when Pete reached out to you.
4: Well, you know, we had we had, had these discussions, uh, as Pete said, uh, starting back at, I wanna say November or uh, December timeframe. And, um, you know, at that point we were, we were looking at, uh, trying to get into this, the the virtual space, uh, there are tons of cyclists that we know that only ride indoors. And one of the missions of USA cycling is to try to, uh, reach all people, uh, that are on bikes here in the U S not just the racing community, uh, but also are, you know, just riding, uh enthusiast uh community that they want to they want to participate in events they they want to be fit and so you know we looked at this as a great opportunity and um you know clearly uh, this pandemic has kind of accelerated uh where we wanted to go with this um and luckily we have people like pete uh like you know indoor specialist and and other groups uh, that are involved that have really stepped up to help out and partner with us to to do some cool things uh, and and get get a uh, a draw. And so, you know, we we want to you know take this a little bit further. Um, and and so we've we've created a a specific series uh, that, that will roll out this next Wednesday uh, officially uh, for points and prizes. And, uh, that's something we're really excited about because it's our first foray really into, um, you know, trying to engage and and create competition through a virtual platform such as with.
3: So two, two things. One, I don't trust anything you're saying. Uh, cause if (laughs) if, if, if nobody's watching, you can't see that he's talking about cycling, but he's wearing a shirt that says run. (laughs) I just immediately trust nothing. Um, cause it may, I think D, his, his true self is a runner. Uh, and secondly, is like, if you're, if we're launching this, or, or can we get the inside track on cheat codes? Like, is there a way for us like left, left, right, up, down, enter that we can somehow get like a 20% draft, 50% just
1: saying.
2: I gave that code to Badger and it already made it.
1: I know. That's right. Hey, I won my first race in a while last week. So it was
2: good. Write that down folks.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: okay. I would, I would use a cheat code. It would actually allow me to, to do better so that's good (laughs)
2: yeah Um, how have you
0: felt like the overall uh, kind of um acceptance of the events and have you felt like they're going the way that you want them to so far i know obviously like the big thing starts next week but there's been some usa cycling like you know data day and odz they've done some things have you kind of gotten what you want out of those events so far
4: yeah i think so i mean we've we've created a you know for one there's been a a very high buzz, you know, to this. So, I mean, you know, everybody's excited about this. We've seen uh, a lot of engagement uh, from, you know, the community, people who weren't necessarily excited about indoor riding uh, heading into this pandemic have now started to really embrace it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think too, you know, I mean, you know, just based off of, uh, you know, this past week, you know, seeing, some of the comments and social media and uh, seeing some of the engagement that we've had, you know, uh, if you follow USA cycling's Instagram, you've seen several people posting up their rides and, and really excited about what happened on Wednesday, but that's just one part of it. You know, as you mentioned, there are other rides that take place throughout the week that we partnered with, with groups on. And, and that has been, you know, exciting. Um, And I, you know, for, for us, we've definitely, uh, we wanted to create something that kept people motivated. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a difficult time for everybody. Uh, we know that the, uh, the USA cycling membership that was, you know, that had already purchased their license and it geared up for an entire race season. You know, this was, this is extremely, uh, depressing for, for a lot of those individuals to go into this and, and see their race seasons may, you know, be severely impacted, uh, if not all their race season, depending on where they're located in the country. So sure. to, to give, to give those individuals something to do has been, been great. And, and the response has been, uh, overwhelmingly, you know, positive.
3: Well, it's you great. guys can't, you guys can't see it, but, um, about <clears throat> six weeks ago, I bought a gravel bike, like this awesome gravel bike. And I was like, I'm going to start doing, cause I signed up for the dirty Kansas. So I've been doing wow. a training plan, which ends next week, uh, for the dirty Kansas. And, yeah. uh, it's now in September. So I have, I, uh, I have a gravel bike that I've ridden three times for a total of an hour altogether. My mm. wife's super happy about that expense. <laughs> uh, wow. so that's good. Uh, but it's a sweet looking bike that I've never ridden.
2: That tells so a lot. I, A lot to me about you, Chris. I mean, you buy a gravel bike and your first event you sign up for is dirty Kansas. Nah, it's fine. That's awesome. (laughs) Hey, actually, I
3: I wish I did all that stuff on purpose. My, my road bike that's on the trainer behind here, I bought it. And my first ride, was a century. Cause I was like, well, Hey, like I'll, I'll be comfortable on it after a hundred miles. Um, but it was actually also the first time I ever rode with fairing wheels. So I went down a hill and there was a huge gust of wind and I almost just peed my pants. Like I just turned <laughs> all the way over. Yeah. I was fine. I, I lived, everybody was fine. But no, I mean, oh. I, I think the, the events are huge. I'm curious, like you, you talked, um, about some like feedback, I guess a really positive feedback would have been some of the highlights. Like, you, like tell us about some of the feedback you've had and like overall, like if, what are the things that need to happen for this event series for you guys to say it's a win? Like what what will make you guys sleep well at night and feel like things are going well?
4: Yeah, I think, I think for, for us, the feedback, um, you know, the, the, the things that have, we've taken away from it is that, um, you know, people are embracing this, this competition. Um, you know, there's, there are certain people who've discounted Swift um, and, and this indoor virtual competition is not being a, uh, you know, a valid, you know, form of racing which i think people who've signed up especially some of our higher category riders who've signed up into you know the category a ranks have found out pretty quickly it's it's <laughs> tough uh yeah. so yeah. it's way t- you know,
3: way worse than outside like outside you get some like breaks here you just get punched in the stomach for an hour
1: mm-hmm. yeah yes
3: yes yeah, it's way and
4: and and you see people you know the the other thing is you you don't understand pack positioning, um, you know, quite as well when you first start out on Zwift, but do that first hundred plus rider event and and you find out pack positioning is just as important, if not more so than outdoors, right. um, as I found out on Wednesday night. Uh, right. So uh, yeah, so it's, you know, from that perspective, I think it's been good. I, you know, and, and again, I think just having, um, having people engaged and excited uh, about, you know, something right now is, is a huge plus because there's just all this negativity, uh, unknown fear, anxiety that's, that's going on around the world. Um, so that's been, been really good for us and, and really for, you know, when we look at success, I mean, um, we want to be able to engage and, and we have some plans that we're working on long-term to, you know, not only engage riders, but also events. Uh, so some of our existing, uh, events in real life, uh, you know, this is, this is causing us to, to look at everything that we're, we're doing and, uh, and explore and and look into virtual rides and racing as well as outdoor, uh, or real life rides and races. Uh, and, and I think long term, there's the ability for our organizers to do both and, uh, you know, again, broaden the outreach uh, that we have with with cycling in the community. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Some of He's- the other things that we've been hearing as well, because I've been getting a lot of questions, is how do I find my tribe? Because mm. going and just riding is, it's great, you get a rush, it's wonderful, but they keep hearing about, well, what's this thing, Discord? And how do I communicate there? And how do I understand Swift power and where do I find the latest information? So doing things like building guides for how do you access discord? How do you find your tribe? Who's mm-hmm. riding when you're riding? How do you talk to them? What is Swift insider? How do you leverage that to learn more? Uh, things like that. And then what are the best rides and races to be a part of? I get in some races and it seems like nobody's there. I go to other races and, well, I'm dropped right out of the gates. So what's going on? So we're trying to, um, you know, short circuit that process for them as well. I mean, we've had years to learn it. I mean, years of bruises and like, what, why is this? Why is that? How do, how do I get the Tron bike? What is that? How come I can't ride Everest yet? All of those or excuse me. D- why,
1: yeah. Why didn't yeah. I get, you know, the Tron bike when I finished the Everest challenge? Right. right exactly
0: don't ruin yeah. it don't ruin the secret <laughs> yeah at the top at the, to, at the top of all these one. lists at the top of
3: all these lists just say don't move to the west coast mm. as far as finding tribes because there's it's like it is so much harder out here because we're just we're kind of spanning like honestly it's when if i'm gonna get on on and do a race it's more likely i'm racing versus people in australia and japan than it is anywhere sure. in the US. because so, you're
1: because you're three hours later than the east coast time right yeah. right yeah. yeah
3: and and so i once once when i was in central central time zone got up and helped pull a buddy up a climb during a race um i was up on my bike at like four fifteen. now of course i rode terribly because you know it was four fifteen in the morning i did that once. really
0: and, what was that why though really you, you're you are you did not train enough for it
3: yeah, it was, yeah it's because i was a wuss
0: yeah that's what it was yeah yes. Yes, yes,
3: yeah um <laughs> And you know,
0: I, I I was in that
1: race I believe we dropped you, dude. I think all I, I remember in, yeah. all I remember is all I remember on that race is Sterny <laughs>
3: passing me on the way down. And yeah, freaking
1: believable. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like thank <laughs> you passed me on the way down too.
3: Yeah, I was like, I, I'm out. I'm never racing with these coast guys again. I was tired and I I have enough excuses to not feel bad about my performance. I'll say it that way. Sure. But well, no, so- it's hard. Everything you're saying is really hard. I mean, finding your tribe. I mean, finding your tribe outside's hard enough. Um, but then you entered like a nebulous world mm-hmm. of online racing. And um, I mean, I, you know, cards on the table. I'm, I don't race frequently. I'm like one of those ghosts on Zwift that is often, I'm actually on trainer road, but riding Zwift. So don't, don't tell Shane. Um, and it, and, but, you know, occasionally I'll just like hop into a race and I I really just, I mean, I know, I know some of the big races and I'll like, you know, like the classics are really fun. Um, but like, you know, I'll, I, I've had those exact same thoughts of like, I'll look at the events coming up for the next week. And I'm like, man, there's like 300 people in this race. And of course it's, you know, three yeah. in the morning for me, yeah. but then, you know, there's a one. so I re- I actually have started looking for Australian and Japanese based races because it, it works better for me. But, but again, like I'm not getting on a discord channel with those guys. Cause like, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I don't get right. on zoom calls. And make right.
1: And that's one of the things that, um, dad's inside riding trainers dirt has to offer is that we do have, a rich network of people yep. all around the world and yep. we're really grateful that you know usa cycling reached out to us and asked you know asked for some some assistance and we can you know we can use our our numbers to, to help out with that and so one thing that i'm i'm curious about um you know pete and stewart whoever wants to go first is tell us about this big upcoming series what is it how long is it is USA Cycling going to keep official rankings for this? I know, I know that there's Zwift Power that keeps the official Zwift rankings now. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Sure. I'll go ahead and start, Stuart, okay. and you can yep. spackle in the gaps for me. I uh, am thrilled to say that indoor specialists have been incredibly helpful on this. Matt Gardner has been walking every step of the way mm. uh, from – helping to create the series and providing the three slots on the Wednesdays. Uh, Stitching things together was with power and uh, providing a lot of subject matter expertise along the way. We started with a few weeks of just beginning the race league so people could start getting introduced to, you know, what's it like to race in one of these? What's it like to race on Crit City or, you know, another course on Watopia and just to kind of get them introduced to it. But the series is going to um, kick off this Wednesday with um, four categories and um, a full slate of women's categories as well. Nice. So we'll, we'll be supporting both and racing individually. Uh, we're looking for folks to incorporate their USA Cycling membership, so their number that uh, they carry with them when they go to an event outdoors, that same number we, uh, we actually have a frequently asked questions uh, site that you can reach via USA Cycling that will show you details from, there's a video that shows you how do you change your, uh, your name in Zwift Power to also include your USA Cycling license number. Okay, so, so,
1: your, so your actual name in Zwift Power but not necessarily in Zwift includes your, US, your, your, your USA Cycling number?
2: That's correct. Okay. Uh, And that's going to help USA Cycling pair that up with their database. Mm, So we're not going to be limiting people from all over the world competing. But when we tabulate the scores, it's going to be USA and those with the USA Cycling membership number. Sure. And then we'll be scoring it that way.
1: Okay, so uh, another quick question so like let's say that somebody with a uh u s a USA cycling number does a couple of races and then they realize that, oh hey, you know i didn't realize this was a thing. Would those results from the few races that they didn't have on Zwift power could that be retroactively sort of applied to their membership
2: i don't yes. see any reason why not, yeah, okay,
1: yeah yeah, you were just uh so on the The point
4: series page that we have uh, created for this, we haven't shared it yet um, with with everyone, but that will go on the uh, page that we've dedicated to the series on the USA Cycling site. Uh, You'll be able to reach out to me uh, directly. And so I can always update the results and then update the point series uh, to reflect uh, those changes. Got it.
3: So you're going to give your, you're okay giving your personal cell phone number out to the 1500 or 2000 people that listen to each <laughs> podcast with us
2: it's no big deal absolutely. absolutely i give them
3: i give them badger's cell phone number every show
2: yeah
0: uh. there we go i have a follow-up to that you can't just do really um and this is going to make me sound bitter a little bit too but <laughs> i well we already it was, knew that about you. yeah
3: that's about, your that's your yeah, mo
0: that's just my mo so i've been involved with swift si- as a coach really since the beta And I was probably one of the first ones ever to use it for like structured workout exports, leading group workouts, group rides, races, stuff like that. Um, And I actually work for Zwift now too, developing their training plans and their programs. So I guess like what, what took you guys so long to kind of realize that this was a huge potential that you guys were potentially, potentially, potential, potentially missing out on um, and kind of like, I know why now you've done it, but why, why hasn't it really been thought of before this?
4: Well, it, it, you know, Shane on, on that, it, it actually has been, you know, the, the discussions have been ongoing, um, I I believe was with for well over a year, um, now. So I, you know, it's really, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we, we would like to, to do, um, but. You know, to get this off the ground, we had to get pretty creative, um, sure. because Swift right now is just clearly, you know, working working their tails off to just keep keep things going, which is right. a great problem to have. Um, so, but uh, but yeah, we we I I think for for us, we've definitely realized the potential here, um, whether it be you know something bigger like a, a national championship uh, or just more. Of these race weekly race series um, that we can do around the country, and I think we'll see more of it um,
0: as, great. as time
4: progresses. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, there's there's a, a little bit of a, a lag time, and also, um, you know, I think one one of the other factors with this is, uh, you know, just having uh, people like indoor specialists who have the experience, right? You know they've been putting these events on. We're still learning. Uh, and that's, you know, one of the things about this series is we really wanted to keep it focused. Mm-hmm. The, the reason for keeping it focused to a Wednesday only uh, point series is to learn from it. And right. uh, you know, I, w- we're going to learn things that we did right, that we did wrong. And then we can apply those to, to do bigger and better things in the future to, you know, keep everybody engaged and, and happy with, uh, you know, this, this form of racing. That's
1: awesome to hear. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, other things that we were talking about. So this, this is a series that you have going on that's starting Wednesday. You have a series of group, just basic group rides too, as well. Don't you?
4: Yes. Yes. So we have the, the group rides, um, which, you know, are really just, I I think more of a, a point of, of engagement. And again, trying to, I think, create that tribe that Mm -hmm. that people are talking about. Uh, and and we, we're going to look to do more with that, um, and have more engagement, uh, through that. So, you know, as we, as we grow and we evolve with this, you know, it's, it's going to be something that, uh, we'll probably see more. Hopefully we'll have some of our, uh, you know, national team athletes and other groups helping lead this and, uh, you know, put this together.
1: Sure.
3: Well, for and us- I imagine, and I imagine too, like, like it's hard to be all things to all people and, you know, Zwift came on the scene really strong because they were doing one thing and the you know, USA cycling has had such a strong reputation because you guys have been doing one thing. And so, you know, when you have an outside impetus causing some sort of need for change, um, you know, Zwift reacting to the lifestyle and, 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 you know, changes in technology and you guys advancing. I mean, you guys, I mean, for a, a organization primarily centered around outdoor events, like all of a sudden to be to rethink everything that really changes things. And I imagine that's not easy. I imagine it's, I mean, you've probably been talking to Zwift for a year, but you've probably been talking about something like this for what three or four, I'd imagine. Um, so I just, I mean, I, I can't, you guys are speaking about it with such ease, but I imagine there's actually like, you know, 200 hours of staff meetings behind all of this that make you want to pull your hair out. I just, I don't imagine all this is, you know, easy.
4: No, it's, it's definitely not easy. Uh, You know, and I, again, I think to, to, you know, Pete and Ken and everybody who's been involved, helping on the back end that has made it a lot easier than it ever would have been. I don't think, you know, quite honestly, I don't think we could have executed this as quickly um, as, as we have uh, without the support. So, and the exciting thing about this is, is too, is, you know, um, I I think we get back to this tribe. I I think I told Pete that this has been a refreshing project to to work on because, um, everybody's come together. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we don't always have those types of projects. Uh, so, you know that from that perspective it's been fun because everybody's been committed to helping each other out and do something that we think is going to be big uh, but we also think it can be bigger and with the right support you know it, it definitely can so you know that's uh whether that's the you know indoor specialist role or whether it's you know swift live or, or you know uh, just all the components that have come together to to try to get this you know, off the ground and, and, and make a big deal out of this. Uh, it's come together extremely quick and yeah. uh, we're very thankful for it.
2: We, we're in the midst of a, a global communal disruption like we've never seen. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, and we're all in it together. Yeah. And I think if there's been a common theme, it's that we have all joined forces, mm-hmm. folks that were off doing our own mission and focused on our own thing. So as unsettling and stressful as this is, the fact that we're in it together is creating a real opportunity for uh, growth and learning and transitioning to something new. I've been beating the drum about Swift for a long time. It was three years ago. And by the way, I was one of the beta guys too. Mm -hmm. I just didn't buy into Swift and like commit completely to it until about three years ago when I had a friend and teammate who was hit by a car and, and, and died oh, man. Uh, Steve Reeker, And it was, then I found out that my wife and children were fearful every time I went out and rode alone. Yep. And the only time that they were comfortable was when I was in a group. And that's when I said, well, I need to go headlong into Swift." And we had that buy in and it was like, let's go. But I've been talking to Stuart and lots of people in the race community for years. And they're like, you're crazy. Why would I ever get off the road and get on Swift? So now I'm hearing from people who said, I will quote, never ever ride a trainer and they're falling in love with it. But it's not yep. just because of the platform. Swift has a great platform, but until you learn about how to build community and how to find that community, that platform is just it's it doesn't have the teeth. Now, that said, Dirt and Jason Sterney, who was involved in the early discussions with, uh, with, with Stuart and the USA Cycling crew, he, um, you know, to talk about how you build community and how you leverage the largest US based team on Swift to say, here's how you catapult into the Swift world, um, has been really encouraging. We've also seen Nathan Guerra come alongside us. He's involved in weekly calls with us now trying to figure out how do we leverage the platform that USA Cycling is trying to pursue. And then in in turn, looking forward, guess what? USA Cycling, the federation, is also being watched by the UCI. Okay, well, how are you going to deploy this? How are you going to run contests? How are you going to measure them? And then how do we partner with guys like, well, the – Swift transparency guys because naturally there's going to be questions how do we know that it's authentic well stewart has lots of records about usa cycling performances we know who can sprint and we know who can't so if if i should beat justin williams in a sprint stewart's probably going to call me and say not so sure about that (laughs) way you gotta gotta
4: take that e-bike off the trainer that's
2: right so you know but the nice thing is is that by being some of the first movers as a federation and saying let's build a structure and having the entire community come around it can we build something that can be leveraged all the way up to the uci so we're trying to think about how can we be helpers i mean did you see the mr rogers movie in the midst of a crisis Look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. So my role is how do I bring together all the right people so that we can deliver for people who want to stay fit, who want to get their racing, you know, itch scratched, um, manage group rides, build a community and have all of that fed. So we want to be helpers, but not just to the USA Cycling membership, but all the way up to the UCI that says, okay, well, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. How did you make that work? Well, what is this you know, process?
3: Well, and I mean, just a testament to what you're saying is, uh, Shane Badger and I have never met in person. We've yes. never ri- we've never. never ridden on the road together. Oh, and Badger doesn't. I've ride met on the you.
0: Road in my dreams a couple times
3: oh yeah i mean it's it's <laughs> the california
0: swagger i have now um, it's those clear frame glasses that just. Yeah, I, didn't it it I didn't wear them for you today i didn't wear them for you today
1: and, and, and a beanie my- on a 70 degree day oh my like, dude, god it's, it's
3: i yeah i'm getting soft it's cold in the shade uh, no, it's gonna be warm it, later <laughs> this week though uh but hey we're moving to the mountains in two weeks it will actually be cold and then you nice. can't mock me anymore. the morning. but no i mean like we've never met before uh in person and like we you know talk all the time and we jumped into this idea of never going pro because like we're all you know wildly dedicated amateurs to the probably to the detriment of other parts of our lives Shane's the only one who um, is is fully professional in the cycling world Mm -hmm. but but you know we we're all uh we've all drunk the punch you know whether it's Zwift or it's um, other platforms that go with that I mean I used to only ride outside with a group of guys who'd ride every morning really early and a friend of mine um was super into Zwift and he, I just got I kind of gave him really, It's probably four years ago, give him a hard time about it. And then we had um, a little girl and I was like, Oh, okay. I probably should get like a smart trainer now and I'll get into it. And then all of a sudden I started like smoking my friends out on the road. And I like all of a sudden did the math. I was like, Oh man, like the intentional training time on a, all, all of a sudden like it clicked in my head and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I, so I mocked it for like a year or two because it wasn't real cycling. And if he just got back out on the road, he would, et cetera, et
0: cetera.
3: Yeah. No, that's just not true. That's, and that's not scientific. And that's something Shane speaks to all the time on our podcast. He's he talks about, you know, progressive overload and that you can do that outside or you can do that inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're definitely, you know, one of the best episodes I think we've done is talking about the transition between inside outside and how it's really more of an issue of skills um, than a mental issue than it is a physical issue. So, I mean, if, if you, if you realize that Um, then all of a sudden the idea of UCI, um, and USA cycling federation, like those like sponsored competitions on a virtual platform, make a ton of sense. Like, I mean, you guys, you know, you could take a cue from China and get some like, uh, you know, race drones that for the main competitors, you send a drone to their house and you can shame them if they're cheating, you know, (laughs) somehow, somehow it weighs them also. So there's no weight doping. Um, I'm just saying, just think about it. I'll pilot, I'll pilot one of the drones. I don't mind.
0: Um, that's a good but point, no, I, I think it, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Like, like well, the drone, well, more like the yeah. whole eSport, Because obviously, esports yeah. is becoming very, very big industry, very, very big money, and it's no, there's no, not a surprise that you know outdoor events, especially road events, are dying a pretty slow death. So, just from a, a business perspective, I mean, I think it makes a little bit of sense to potentially invest in esports to then hopefully grow that segment for cycling. Potentially, then make more money just for us cycling and uci and all those other people mm-hmm. plus like i don't know if you guys have looked into um cvr have you heard of, of cvr you might have heard of cvr pete but oh, cvr yeah. i mean they no did idea. it the best probably the better than anybody else has done so far in my opinion in terms of live streaming and getting people involved in the community then you know frank garcia made a boo-boo and he went other ways um but I used to race CVR, and that was some of the funnest things, some of the funnest races I've ever done. Talking about motivation, talk about you know getting people kind of you know butts in the seats to watch a live stream for sixty minutes, forty five minutes. You get a good you know announcer. You can build character, build color behind the racers. I mean, it's awesome. It's really, really
3: cool. Plus, you could change their their like little people to like dinosaurs on bikes, and you could change. Well, that's that's CVRK. That's CVRK. You know, I'm great. talking
0: about the original CVR, the actual CVR World Cup. Um, that hey, was man, there's,
3: the, the reason you know that's going to be successful is because right now ESPN is broadcasting professional athletes playing video games against each other, and people are watching that. Yeah, so if pretty. people are watching that, then people are for sure going to watch their friends race on Vice. Yeah,
0: I mean, look at like League of Legends and PUBG and Fortnite. I mean, well, sp- granted, their video games are huge. You know?
1: yep. Yep. Speaking, speaking of this, actually, it's a, a question for Stuart and um, possibly Pete as well. So, a lot of those big esports will have events in, in a coliseum, but I could definitely see at a local brewery setting up trainers and having partnerships with, say, like Garmin or Wahoo or Tax. And, and that way you can get the local bike teams in there, the locals with USA Cycling licenses to come and do a head to head. Is there any chatter about that at some point?
4: yeah no i think definitely there's there's been on,
1: on that for sure
4: and uh you know similar to what i mean we all saw uh, what swift did at uh, the road world championships mm-hmm. so you know that was that was a very uh successful engagement uh program uh there at a live event but you know this could this could be done even you know, when we're looking at this, this doesn't have to be at a live event. You know, you could have a a large scale gathering, uh, and it could be a weeknight for for that matter. Mm, yeah. um, and if advertised correctly, and 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 you know, uh, you can get a draw. Then uh, I definitely see that as being you know uh, another aspect of this that we can do. And again, you know, the I think that's another way of building a community clearly we're not going to be doing that anytime in i think the near future uh right. as we we try to distance but you know at the same time I, I see that as being a potential option in the future and and you know i i think looking at this long term you know i think we'll start to see uh, you know potential for these types of, of races to come together maybe statewide uh and as you work through um this shrinks into almost like bracket-style bike racing. Mm. Um, and eventually you get down to where everybody meets in a centralized location, um, you know, for for that championship-style event, um, whether that be state or
2: or even, you know, national. If you look at Athens Twilight – Shane, have you ever gone to Athens Twilight? Uh, yeah. So, you know, the Friday night before, they have the uh, the big – race which is to uh to qualify for the race if you're not on one of the trade teams right um, do the the trainer and yep. then if you make it to the top eight the friday night before they have this hmm. big showcase everybody's under a tent yep. and, and it's just packed deep with lots of college students and cycling enthusiasts drinking Beater. beer <laughs> yelling <laughs> And then there's rock bands playing in the background, and these guys are racing their hearts out to get the call up. Yes. So wow. They, they make the race, and then this dictates who's going to get the call up to the front row. So, why couldn't you start incorporating some of that into some of the outdoor racing? I think, you know, that's one of those options that could be on the table. Maybe there are qualifiers, and then when you go to whatever the big outdoor event is, that you can intersperse some of the indoor um results with the outdoor to set you know different uh different ways to approach the race so it's a lot of fun and i i think as we look further and further down the road they're just going to get married closer and closer together okay
3: yeah and it only benefits everybody in the u.s because i mean i think we can all agree that like it's the u.s has been want for dominant u.s based cyclists for a while um I mean, with some great great pros but like you know we really haven't seen someone who's just been legendary for you know, undis- undisputedly legendary
1: uh, for a while. Ken and, uh,
3: the, well, I, I, he's, he's more of a mountain biker. We're talking yeah. about mountain bike really those, Yeah, Yeah.
1: Those guys don't really yeah, count. Yeah. yeah we're really not dirty. talking about the guy that swept yeah. all the local age group races a few years ago. <laughs> nah, Yeah. All six people where you live, but
3: like, uh, we're not talking about the baggy short guys, yeah. but no, they, um, with this, you know, right now we're talking our peer groups, you know, adults for mostly, you know, people over 18 who are riding, they're pretty serious, they're training but like, hey, this is going to snowball backwards and um, a great example is like Bentonville, Arkansas. You know, they've invested so much in the mountain bike community at first it's just guys who are riding, the, but now there's a culture backing it up and, Pete, and you got kids, a buddy of mine, his son and him go down there every weekend and his, his boy is like 10 and he shreds. I mean, he... The only thing he lacks is like the muscles of a man. Like he, his bike handling skill, his, his sight lines are amazing. And so once he's like stronger, once he's, if he keeps this up 16, 17, 18, he's a monster. So we're actually beginning to create a culture of um, kind of almost like that critical mass where if we keep this up, all these things are going to come together. We're going to start producing um, some phenomenal uh, athletes, both men and women's sports. And, And I think that's, this actually contributes to that. Maybe not directly, but certainly like our kids watching us do this it's natural for them to want to do it too. Yeah, Um, And I actually get really excited about that. And so, you know, how how we can encourage just like more of a culture of um, excellence in US-based cycling too. So I I think it's related. And so however you relate indoor versus outdoor events and dare I say, even maybe USA Triathlon gets involved somehow. Um, It's a dirty word, but- Duathlons maybe. Duathlons maybe. Hey, cards on the table. I almost uh, took a job with USA Triathlon out of college. I got offered a job um, hmm. and I was committed and I couldn't get, I, I was committed to something else. I couldn't do it. So I, I was in the triathlon world for a while. Was um, it
0: for uh, like clothing modeling? Probably.
3: No, nah, man, I was so scrawny. <laughs> I weighed like 140 pounds. You can't,
4: <laughs> uh, you know, well, and to that point, I think one other thing to, to utilize here is, you know, when we're looking at, uh, at the benefits of this program is, you know, there's some talent identification that can take place. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Clear, clear. I mean, again, you know, if you've, if you've raced outdoors, you have to be able to turn your bike left and right. You have to be able to draft, you have to be able to position yourself. Those are all things that you, you have to learn. You can't just, uh, you know, have that uh, innate ability. Some, some people actually do I think have that. Um, But you know, there, there are a lot of people that you see on Zwift that, you know, if everything checks out and it's accurate, there's, there's some serious horsepower in some individuals that we never, nobody would have known mm-hmm. because they made, like Pete said, you know, people, people aren't necessarily going to go outside and take risks uh, to ride. If they've got a family or they've got, you know, family concerns. And so, you know, this is, this is another aspect and, and platform to to you know gather that i mean if you follow the the story of you know i take somebody like ashton Lambie who mm, yeah came i mean yes he wasn't riding on zwift but somebody who came from a, a completely you know different uh approach and wow what a talent you know yep. i mean you, you just those stories are out there we're, we're a country of you know uh, just such a population density that they're they're out there we have to find them and and uh, you know hopefully uh, you don't have just those those one-offs we have 10 of those that come out of come out of nowhere and uh, you know we find them but younger Um, Mm -hmm. we find them at an earlier age
1: right and so one thing that I've been involved in the last two years is um uh NICA, NICA, uh national inter interscholastic cycling association and we're seeing an exponential growth there with these kids and NICA's mission is to get more kids on bikes but the competitive kids they're starting to do the usa cycling events and you know starting to compete and get race licenses and they're getting on zwift so i i see that you know these these pieces of having Zwift on one side and Nika on the other, um, we're, we're able to suss out where that talent is. And, and I, I'm, I'm thinking in five to 10 years, we're going to see more American pros on the scene uh, than we're seeing right now.
2: It's Absolutely. Interesting on that point is uh, the Connecticut Cycling Advancement Program has – couple hundred youth. Mm. And they have been uh, working on a model that is Zwift based. Okay. It is via meetup. They're um, running multiple days a week and they are becoming quite the skilled Zwift racers. Mm. In fact, their outdoor program is jamming, but their indoor programs jamming too, because when you bring young kids together and you say, well, let's talk about community. Have you ever heard of this thing called discord? They all know it. And they're, they're looking all, at yeah. you like, who's "What? who's this old man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I, catch, I catch that for my kids a lot, but they have um, built a pretty good template for how do you introduce your youth? How do you protect them from the population so that they're in a safe place, that they're getting coaching and that it's in an environment that's, that's going to just foster them along and, and just to, to bring them into a place that, you know, they'd fall in love with cycling in the midst of this moment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the first day, uh, we had the USA cycling, uh, series start, which was, you know, again, this was the proof of concept when we came out on week number one, there was 500 people who showed up at the, uh, at the first race of the day, which was 545. And in the, um, the first race, Uh, In the A race, there was a 16-year-old who just missed out on making the top 10. Wow. It was a race that had indoor specialists and all the big boys there. And it was like, who is this kid? Well, he's been riding Zwift every day with this Connecticut program and Jed Cornblue, who has built something to brag about. It's really great. Mm -hmm.
1: That's great. Well this is all really exciting stuff and you know I want to I definitely want to thank Pete and Stuart for taking the time to come on here. Um so as as we start to wrap up tell us how can we find out more information what website should we go to um what's the scoop?
4: Yeah so uh, we, we've got a uh, page that we've we've dedicated to this. Uh, we're going to be highlighting that more uh, this week on the uh, USA Cycling uh, on the homepage, as well as um, through our social media uh, channels. So stay tuned. Clearly, uh, like any other event, you'll you'll go to register for it uh, through the uh, companion app uh, and get signed up that way. And uh, we'll have some more more engagement uh, coming out shortly. For that, so stay tuned as we get uh, these uh, these details.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Never Going Pro podcast, and I'm going to steal Badger's line and say we'll see you in Watopia. Bye, everyone.